Welcome to The Flywheel. Hi everyone, Jake here. I recently had the chance to chat with the mayor of Miami, Francis Suarez, about his recent efforts to recruit tech and VC talent to the city. We talk about Miami's pitch, its flywheels, and how all of it fits into the bigger picture of the city's biggest problems, like inequality and climate change. This episode is the full conversation I had with Mayor Suarez at his office in Miami. We had about 20 minutes to talk, and I recorded it on my phone, so apologies for the audio quality. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Mayor Francis Suarez. Um, how are you doing? I'm well, thanks. Yeah. What's, what's, what's the latest? Miami's a flywheel. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. The flywheel is a newsletter I've been writing for a little while. Pretty new project, but it's growing really fast. Uh, I've attracted a pretty solid audience of lots of tech VC folks. Yep. So for anyone who might not be up on all the Miami stuff, like what's the, what's the pitch of Miami for, for that audience? Wow. Uh, you know, I think you start with what people already know. Obviously, it's January. Look at the, look at the view <laughs> out there. You know, the, the weather is, is probably the best weather in the country. Uh, then you start t- talking about the economics, right? And you look at, you go from, you know, taxes. I mean, in, in other cities, the cost of living is significantly higher. Uh, the taxes are significantly higher. I heard somebody saying the other day, you, you work the, six, the first six months for somebody else of the year, hmm. meaning more than 50% of the, of the money you earn goes to another uh, entity, a government. And then I think the third thing is, you know, we are the opposite in terms of we're welcoming. We, we, we acknowledge and want people here who are creators and innovators who want to create high-paying jobs uh, in our community, even to address some of the things that people that they often are blamed for. You know, if you're gonna, if you wanna create, you know, upward mobility and, and deal with inequality, you've gotta create high paying jobs. Mm-hmm. And you've gotta deal with some of the systemic issues in education, making sure that people are being educated to take those jobs. So for me, all the experiences that I've had with the tech industry have been extremely positive. And, uh, you know, I, I think we're a city that has uh, all of the amenities in terms of culture, in terms of uh, art, uh, in, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, uh, sports. So, uh, the, you know, when you when you think about where you want to live, you don't mm-hmm. get to live your life twice. Mm-hmm. You don't get yesterday back. So people now with remote work have been um, sort of untethered to their physical location. Mm-hmm. And I think that's helped Miami a lot. People have come down here, they've fallen in love. They realize now that there's a critical mass. Mm-hmm. There's a mass migration from two major markets, uh, the confluence of which um, we still don't even know what the what the what the p- potential end result will be, uh, so you know Miami could catapult easily into being um, the city uh, with the most capital uh, to invest in, in the world, frankly, uh, and and that's that's where I think we're headed. Awesome. Yeah, I was telling Eddie before before you came in. Uh, so I grew up in Boca. Oh, nice. Um, and I moved away for college. I never came back. There you go. That's um, a perfect example. And until like this year, basically never thought about it as something I might actually do. You know, yeah. um, and I think with COVID, obviously you're right; it changes it. But uh, I think there's something happening here that people like me. There absolutely is, and and, yeah. and you, you hit on on something that's that's interesting. You know, we used to be an intellectual talent exporter, mm-hmm. and now I feel like with this movement, we're going to become an intellectual talent importer. And I think that's important. We go from, you know, brain drain to brain gain, and uh, uh, I think that's, uh, you know, that's that's important for any city. You want to have a smart. Uh, innovative, creative, and entrepreneurial people in your city to build a city for the future. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. So the flywheel concept in general, usually there's like a, it, it describes sort of like the system of how, you know, the company, city, government, uh, you know, kind of either improves over time or, you know, sometimes also 
goes the opposite way. Yeah. Um, definitely are negative flywheels too. Uh, sure. But usually it's oriented around some kind of like goal that you usually would visualize as putting it like in the middle of the flywheel. Yeah. Um, and I'm always really interested in thinking about, especially on a government level, like a city or a country, like in your mind, like what is the goal of Miami? Or like what is the sort of most important thing? I think for us, the goal is to create a city that every child can be successful in. Uh, you know, we call it a Miami for everyone. Mm -hmm. And that starts with having the most cutting edge technology uh, and developing your educational ecosystem uh, at a younger level and at a vocational level and making sure that you are thinking about tomorrow's, today's and tomorrow's economy as opposed to yesterday's economy. And I think uh, when you look at life from that perspective, every mayor in the world should be doing what I'm doing, I think. And I think anyone that isn't doing it is frankly uh, letting their city get behind. Uh, and right now there's a finite amount of capital, there's a finite amount of people, there's a finite amount of, you know, uh, of innovators. And the more you have in your city, the better chance you have of creating a successful formula going forward. Makes sense. Um, so, the, so the tech Twitter thing, right? Yeah. Which is obviously a big cat uh, catalyst for all of this. Sure. Um, it strikes me that you kind of like stumbled on something amazing and not to say that you lucked into it, but like you, no. you it just blew up. Right. And you were, yeah. and, and like huge props to you. Like Thank you're, you. you're taking advantage of the opportunity that you see that yeah. you stumbled on. Yeah. Um, and I'm just curious to hear a little bit, you know, for, especially for those who maybe aren't as familiar with like the rest of the agenda of Miami, like how did that, to what extent did that fit in to like everything else you were already focused on as the mayor of Miami? Well, I think, uh, you know, some of the things that I focused on a lot were transportation, mm -hmm. affordable housing, you know, crime. Uh, and we're, we're, we're doing very well and we're pushing those metrics successfully forward. Uh, I think the jobs piece is one that uh, we were very thoughtful about. We were creating an ecosystem. Uh, it was, I would define it as a startup, right? And I think what we got with this moment of the tweet and, and what transpired since then mm -hmm. has been sort of a, a, an infusion of venture capital to a startup and seeing it sort of explode in a scaling fashion, right? So I think that's the moment that we're in. We're in this exponential growth, J-curve moment, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, that the, what, what the tweet did was it created that catalytic moment. It was like when that VC gives you that, that, that series of fundraising that allows you to scale from being a you know, local company to being a national company. Are there any, have there been any, you know, because it's now been a little, a few weeks, and now you've yeah. gotten to maybe understand the, 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 the goods and the bads that might come along with some, yeah. with like maybe a potential uh, flocking of people, like tech yeah. people to Miami. Are there, are there any unanticipated, uh, either extremely good or maybe some cautionary points uh, that have come up since you started talking to all these folks? On the good side, I think the conversation has been more positive than I thought it was going to be. And I think that has motivated me to do more. Mm -hmm. uh, I also tapped into a sort of a sub-community, which is this crypto yeah. blockchain community. I saw some is, of the Bitcoin stuff recently. Which is a, yeah. a sub-community to the, to, the, to the whole of technology. On the negative side, you know, you, um, you want to be careful to, to, first of all, be able to communicate to your residents what you're doing, why you're doing it, how it benefits them. Mm -hmm. right? We're not just inviting people from the outside to come here and, and do well here. We are weaving that into the fabric of what we have, and we're also trying to, like you said, prevent the next generation of my children and my unborn grandchildren from having to leave and not come back. Mm -hmm. I think that's very personal. Once you, once, you, once you talk about it in those terms, it goes from this abstract, like, oh my God, you're bringing tech billionaires to Miami, mm -hmm. to like, wait a second, this is gonna impact my life. Mm -hmm. This is gonna impact my children. 
that's going to impact their decisions of where to go to college and what, where they work and where they come back. So I think I've been trying to do that. Uh, and then I think also, look, there's, there's a, a Miami Tech existed long before the tweet. Mm-hmm. It was a 10-year project that I was a part of. And I think you always want to make sure that you can manage uh, making people feel like they're a part of this, making people feel uh, integrated, and, and, and then blending those two, you know, sort of the newer people with the people that have been here for, for longer. And it's happening. Um, uh, there have been some moments where I wasn't sure how well it was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> or if, I, if we're leaving some people, or some people may feel like they were being left behind. Totally. Um, and I, I've tried to be very intentional to uh, prevent that from happening. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, I wouldn't say it's like a finished product, right? It's, it's, it's an ongoing Just process. Started, yeah. It's an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say this is, I, I'm, I'm thinking this is we're like in the third or fourth inning of a nine inning game. And mm-hmm. hopefully we'll just continue on the upswing uh, in the way that we've been doing. Awesome. So if we were to talk about Miami as a flywheel, uh, I don't know if you've ever thought about it in these terms, per, like specifically, but, um, you know, there's probably his, like a historic flywheel that was sort of great have Miami be like a vacation destination or, you know, great party, culture, whatever. Um, And then there's sort of what you're describing and what you're implementing and hoping to see in the future. Can you talk about those two flywheels if you want to use those terms? Yeah, I would say there's, there's been multiple flywheels, right? I think one of them was when you had a mass infusion of people coming from Cuba, Mm -hmm. right? This sort of influx in the 1960s and 1970s that sort of began the process of creating modern Miami where you know you had you went from it being essentially a retirement community to being somewhat of of a metropolis then you had the 80s where you know we had Miami Vice and sort of it was known for things that were maybe not quite so positive um and then it came out of that into the 90s and into 2000 and you know we had another development boom which i think uh, continued uh, the progress of making Miami more of a financial hub and now i think you have uh, an interesting thing, you have the first Miami-born mayor, mm-hmm. so that's interesting. So we've, we've gone from being a transitory city to being a city that produces its own talent, that retains its own talent, and that, and that empowers its own talent. I think that's really important. And I think that goes to that, that narrative, too, of, of, you know, people talk about us not having enough talent. And I say, it's not that we don't have enough talent. I think it's a lot of our, ta- our talent has left. Mm-hmm. And so part of my job is to bring that talent back, for that talent to feel like they can be successful here, start a career, uh, build a great company. And the ingredients of building a great company, like Marcelo Claudio said, who uh, I just announced last week, a $100 million uh, venture capital fund for Miami businesses and for businesses relocating, uh, is you need talent and you need money. Mm-hmm. And he's supplying in part the money as well as others. And, and we certainly are producing the talent and you know, reattracting the talent that we've lost over the years. Awesome. Do I have time for two, two more questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Awesome. I'll pick that up after. Okay. Um, okay so... You already touched on this. Never ask me because I'm always going to say yes. So cool. Well, then, five th- then five more questions. Uh, <laughs> you got to ask her. Sounds good. She's the boss. Yeah. Um, Thank you. So I do want to ask about inequality, right? Because I think, you know, as I was, you know, Miami's on near the top of the list, uh, sure. you know, most unequal cities. And I think every city has a lot of poverty, but yeah. I think it's the wealth here that really yeah. creates that. Um, but I think, you know, I think one of the questions, the obvious questions coming out of this whole movement that you're building is how does... Miami avoid some of the pitfalls that San Francisco fell into, right? That sure. they're struggling from right now. Yeah, and I, and I think I, I'm glad. I like the way you preface the question because I think you, there's an understanding that uh, gentrification and stratification are certainly national issues. Mm-hmm. They're urban issues because there's a renewal to urbanism, in my opinion. People mm-hmm. want to come back to cities, and they're certainly pre this moment issues, right? These are the, the, those studies that you refer to are pre December tweet, right? right? Of course, <laughs> for sure. Course. So so those are problems that we 
that we uh, have had and, and, and that many big cities have. So I look at it from two, from two perspectives. One is, uh, you can't, I don't think you can, and that's somebody who knows better than I do, I don't think you can attack the problem of income inequality and poverty unless you create high paying jobs. Right. So I think, I think that's a precondition of trying to find ways to create upward mobility is that there is in fact jobs that pay better, right? And then I think the second part is, how do you make sure that those jobs, that your residents have a fair shot to have those jobs as yeah. opposed to other residents or people that come from the outside? Which by the way, when they come from the outside and they come here, they become residents. So right. that's, that's another interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and, and I think the way you do it is, 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 is three, is, first of all, it's certainly through education, in my opinion. Um, I don't think government can mandate outcomes. I think that's one of the problems that some of these cities philosophically have. We came from Cuba, we were exiled from Cuba, and, and we realized that the communistic Cuba model doesn't work, where the government says, hey, we're gonna take care of everything, we're gonna do everything, we're gonna make everybody equal, mm-hmm. you're not gonna have freedom of the press, you're not gonna have freedom of religion, you're not gonna have the ability to make money or have a business, we're just gonna tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work either. Uh, I think we have to really invest in our educational system, and we gotta do it in three ways. We gotta make sure that every child has the same digital tools. My children are gonna be blessed, they're gonna have iPads, iPhones, and they're gonna have the ability to learn mm-hmm. the digital language on the premium digital tools. They need to have broadband, because even if you have a digital tool, if you're not connected, it's only so good, right? And then they have to have an educational curriculum that is a modern day curriculum. Are we teaching coding as a second language? We're, we just created today the uh, How Can I Help campaign. It launched today. Yeah, I saw that. And, That's awesome. And, and, and we're donating the proceeds to a public school uh, called iTech in uh, you know Little Haiti, which is a predominantly Haitian and African-American community. Uh, and they're doing coding, and I've been sponsoring them for years now. They're doing coding and robotics uh, in, 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 in school. So we have to challenge our kids and our children and, and give them the tools to be competitive in, in that you know, modern economy. Awesome. That's okay. how I think we're going to yeah. deal with it. That's really good. Um, so I feel like I have By to By the ask- way, just going back to that, yeah. I think if there was like an easy solution, we all would have done it and scaled it and everybody would be doing it. So I think it's a, I'll, I'll take a step back and say, I think the, the question you identified, frankly, is the challenge of our generation. I think you're right. I think also it's, a, at least you have the, like you have what, with, what to work with, right? You're getting map. an influx of, have you have assets map. as well. Right. Yeah. And I have assets, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I do have to ask about climate change and the environment. Of course. Um, not really related to this topic no, but directly, it's, but it's totally none of, without being overly dramatic, none of this matters if the climate ravages Miami in 30 it's years. A, it's a totally relevant question. Yeah. And so what, what I personally am curious about is, uh, because it's a federal, really a global problem, yeah. as the mayor of one, obviously one of the most prominent cities yeah. that's impacted by it, but, but like, how do you see your role fitting into something that actually is much larger? Well, I've been very blessed. I've been given a national and international role on climate issues. Uh, I was the chair of the Environment Committee for the U.S. Conference of Mayors. I'm going to be the president of the conference uh, next year. And, uh, and I'm also, I'm also on, a, I was on a global commission on adaptation. I was the only U.S. mayor invited to that commission. It was started by Ban Ki-moon, which is the former Secretary mm-hmm. General of the U.N., uh, Christina Georgina from the World Bank. Now I think she's, she was at the IMF. Now she may be at the World Bank or vice versa. And, uh, and Bill Gates. So, uh, you know, what we've done in the city is, first of all, we recognize the problem. Second of all, we've dedicated resources to the problem. We're one of the few cities in America, if not the only city, that's actually borrowed money uh, to deal with the problem. We've, we borrowed $200 million uh, in resiliency funds uh, to deal with, with sea level rise, right? We're updating our stormwater master plan to take into account sea level rise, so we have the plan that we're going to use to to fund you know uh, those infrastructure investments and in mm-hmm. raising seawalls, having more pumps, um, and uh, and having urban reservoirs on the on the adaptation side. On the mitigation side, 
we joined C40. And uh, we're one of a few American cities that are in C40. And we're going to be issuing our carbon neutrality plan on Earth Day this year. So that's something that's awesome. extremely exciting for us exciting. to lead. You know, we don't think that one city is going to create, solve the problem, right? We're not going to solve the problem of, of climate change or, mm-hmm. of, of, uh, you know, excessive carbonization of our environment just because, just because we're going to go neutral or positive, right? But, but we do believe that we can lead. And, and we think that uh, if a high-profile city like ours... Um, is clear in their role and make strategic investments. And what, what we hope will happen is when people say, man, Miami's got their act together, mm-hmm. um, we should look at what they're doing. And that's what's happening at the Global Commission. Um, you know, we're one of the most wind-resilient cities on the planet already since 1992, since Hurricane Andrew. And now we're, our new task is to be one of the most water-resilient cities on the planet. Awesome. it's a great answer. Do you think as a, cause as a Republican that you can actually have even more, like, punch above your weight? Given all that? Yeah, I don't. I don't look at it as a partisan issue. I agree, and I don't yeah. look at a lot of things as a partisan issue. You know, I, I you know, it's interesting. I, I, I often use this quote, and, and I got to attribute it. It's, it's a Bill Peduto quote. Uh, Bill Peduto is the mayor of Pittsburgh, okay. uh, 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 Pennsylvania, and Bill uh, once said in a in a conference, he says, "You know, there's three parties in America. There's Republicans, there's Democrats, and there's mayors. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think I think what he means by that is mayors look at things from a problem solutions lens." Not from like, a, oh, wait a second, I'm a Republican, so I got to get into this right. box first. Now let me figure out how to solve it within the context of my limitations. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think we have the luxury of doing that as mayors, frankly. Yeah. We have problems, and we got to deal with them. Yeah. And so that's, that's how we approach it. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing in the partisan world, but I think that's a good thing yeah. as, as, as a citizen. Well, I mean, I certainly don't, don't know if it's good or bad as partisan either, but I think my thought is like, because like totally hear you and agree with you, but because you affiliate as a Republican, that you actually have the opportunity to stand out, right? Well, and I, do I, I agree. I, right? No, and I do. And I, and I think, look, and I'll tell you this, we got money for the stormwater master plan from a Republican government, yeah. a Republican legislature. So it does mm-hmm. help. And I do think it also helps on how you talk about the issue and how you frame the issue. Mm-hmm. Because there are things that are indisputable. The, you know, storm surge and a hurricane, indisputable. Mm-hmm. Dry day flooding, indisputable. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, flooding generally when there's, when there's intense rains, indisputable. Right. So, you know, there are things that you can't dispute. And I think that's what we focus on. Makes a lot of sense. Awesome. That's it for this episode of The Flywheel. Thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, I'd love to hear what you think about this episode and anything you'd like to hear more of in the future. You can find me on Twitter at at JakeSing underscore, which is J-A-K-E-S-I-N-G underscore. 